just want to check, did you have a chance to move since the coordinator's talk? Have you moved your bodies? No. Okay. Let's do it. Because <laughs> we'll be sitting for a little longer. So come to standing. <clears throat> We might move again a little bit later, but just wiggle a bit and shake a bit and see what needs to be massaged. Okay, and come to find a seat. This is a new mic for me, so I'm gonna might have to get used to it with you. Let me test that. How does that sound in the is that good enough? Yeah? Okay. few of you I can't see down that line in the middle as well and at the back welcome welcome So many questions I want to ask you, like, what are you doing here? What have you come for? What would you like for your own heart-mind this weekend? We're here from now till 3.30 on Monday. We will mostly be in a silent retreat form, which I'll speak about. We'll be offering teachings. And let me introduce my co-teacher, Jaya, who I'm really, really delighted is able to come and assist me and teach with me this weekend. Um, yes. It's the first time we've done this together. We'll be teaching again together this summer. And um, Jaya has been a, was a nun for eight years in the Buddhist tradition with, uh, many of you will be familiar with, but some of you maybe not, with the shaved head and shaved eyebrows. Um, lineage uh, for many years in the renunciate tradition of uh, yeah, a very beautiful tradition and brings f with her all of that knowledge and practice and deepening that yeah, I'm sure we'll enjoy hearing and thank you. Yeah. And welcome. So we have a title for this retreat, Returning, Return to the Boundless Heart. Are you up for that? <laughs> do you even, do you have a sense of that? I'm sure some of you do, of maybe in your lives at different times you may have glimpsed that possibility where the heart is less cramped, is more free, is more 
able to meet experience and respond is has lost its tension or its fear or its suspicion or its grandiosity or its puffing up or its wanting to get the hell out of here or wanting to assert and demand that freedom, that birthright of the human that the Buddha points to in his teaching to, for us to know that freedom and the way that freedom is expressed in the human realm in the world is through this heart this heart that we know all the painful parts of the heart, right? Well, maybe we don't know all of them but we, we've all encountered our share of the pain of the heart the sorrow the grief, the despair, the hate, the envy, the rage, the jealousy, the... You can help me out with this part. The disappointment, the frustration, the, what what am I doing here anyway? The confusion about being here. Yes, that can all be included and whatever you bring with you tonight of any of that, that is welcome too. That is welcome too. The boundless heart doesn't make divisions. The boundless heart includes, embraces, and is bigger than, does not become those tighter or narrower conditions of the heart. It doesn't lose touch with its nature, which is vast, uncramped, without tension, loving, balanced, that is neither leaning forward to try and get something, nor pulling back, oh my God, I don't think I can get up this morning. Right? Taking our place as a fellow human being. And we can come to know this again. You may have glimpsed it in your life. It may be sometimes people touch that in you know, major life events, sometimes births or deaths or difficult things that have woken us up sometimes, or when we've been out on our own in nature, or maybe just it came to us at a certain point of, oh, gosh, there's something about this life that feels more authentic or true that I'm seeing right now, and then it might get covered up again. Or maybe we haven't had such glimpses, but we hope for that, or we have trust in that, or we're just desperate, and we just want to try something to see what's possible and that is welcome too the desperate heart is welcome too right boundless heart has room for it all hooray room for it all so welcome with whatever you bring tonight your aspiration your interest in coming your Whatever conditions of your life you've been with over the last days or weeks. And we looked at the forms and there's many things that many of you have been with of of death, (coughs) death and illness and breakup and loss of jobs and challenges of heart and mind and body. All of that. 
You don't have to leave that outside the door. Welcoming you in all of that, including your aspiration, your love, your curiosity, your, I wonder what's possible for me if I sit with myself for three days with my mind. I wonder what's possible for this heart and mind. Welcome too to all the conditions of your life, your history, everything that's gotten you to this point. All of it. Welcome to the ways you might feel different in the group. If it's our gender, I know we have just a few men here, right? Welcome. Your gender, your genders, your racial background, the color of your skin, class, education, sexual preference, any of the ways you may feel different, any of the things you've been through that you may think it's only you. Welcome, welcome all of that, all of that, the richness and the breadth of this human life. Welcome. And welcome into something that's very universal, this boundless heart, which is beyond our differences, that includes our differences, and is wider than that. As one uh, Buddhist monk I know apparently would begin his talks in the evening and he would say, Dear brothers and sisters in birth, aging, sickness and death with a smile on his face <laughs> not like oops that's a mistake right but that's what we are right and knowing what kind we are we are this kind these human kind for now we'll deal with the human realm the human kind that are subject to kind of plopping up here arriving however that was not having an instruction manual on how to do this thing called life. Doing our best, encountering what we encounter, and subject to the challenges, the decaying, the loss of functioning and death. Opening to that, our heart, rather than being fearful of the mistake of it, can start to relax. We'll meet you there. We'll meet you there, right here, where our fear can drop away and we're really all in this together. So let's do it this weekend. Really um, delighted to see so many of you. And I know for some of you the uh, silence will be new. So what that means on a practical level is that you won't talk to each other so if you've got a roommate, uh, and most of you are in probably in double rooms, right, in uh, twin rooms, um, say hi tonight if you haven't done already. Decide if the window is open or closed together and then leave each other in the silence. Um, you can smile if you want. But let the other one have 
the particular kind of solitude that's on offer here, which isn't a solitude of um, disappearing behind a shell, but it is a silence and a solitude that lets us have our own experience where we don't have to keep coming into conversation with each other, which, you know, in our, in our world, that can be a beautiful thing, but it can also be fraught and tense, and before we know it, it's rolled into something where we didn't mean to say what we said, and what did they mean by that? And, right, we just let that go for these days. And that silence, most people find, might be a little odd at first, but we can breathe out. We don't have to be someone. We don't have to become someone. We don't have to be the wise one or the clever one or the neurotic one. Or We can just be with all of that, our wisdom, our neurosis, our, all of it. <laughs> Giving ourselves that break, actually. And the silence serves to sensitize us deeper to what, to the heart. We'll say more about what we, what we mean by heart, but sensitize us to layers and depth of our being that we may not always have a chance to hear, to contact, to know, to be intimate with. In one of the Tibetan teachings it says, underneath the pauper's house, there are many treasures. But the pauper never listens. And the treasures never say, I am here. Right? Beneath what appears as the surface, the obvious, the familiar ways of seeing ourselves, the good ones, the difficult ones, all of it, beneath the familiar, deeper than the familiar, are inexhaustible treasures that we may not yet have seen and integrated into our life. So we take the silence, people, human beings in all cultures as far as I can see and traditions over millennia have taken time out of the familiar routine to explore these deeper questions in the silence seems like there's something about the quiet where, that, that lends itself, actually, to the depth. If we let ourselves immerse, like walking into a... If you imagine here, rather than the silence is like, shh, you know, be quiet. The kind of silence I remember in South Norwood Library where I grew up, back in 1971 you know, or whatever, the, the, the library, library silence was a scary silence. It was like, you know, shh, all these sort of important-looking people reading books, and you had to tighten up when you're five to not blurt out something. Right? Not that kind. We take on the agreement together, and then we can spread out widen, widen, let your cells spread out. 
Maybe just take a breath with that for the moment. That's the welcome, that's the invitation. Your cells can, like they're walking in, if it was a cold day, like walking into a sauna, where you can kind of go, ah. If it was a hot day, the metaphor used sometimes in the tradition, like because we inherit the tradition from initially from hot countries, right? So we have hot and cold metaphors. Like an elephant tormented by the heat and the flies of the midday sun plunges herself into a cool pool of water. It's that kind of silence. It's that kind of pond here. In fact, Guy House is set up. The staff are serving here. The trustees run the place. All of the, the goodwill that goes into making this is so that you can take your seat. You can breathe out. You can land here, right? which is where all of those beautiful qualities emerge. Not in the future, not in the past. Here. Taking your seat here. We can find out what's possible. And in the, the human beings that have gone to retreat in the world, have that sense that something is possible. Something is more possible than I already know. Even if my life has been good so far. Even if it's been really painful and difficult so far. Something calls us to... To what? Something called you. You don't have to say something called you, but you're called here. You call yourself here to know what's possible. So that's what this place is in the service of. Um, So you may enjoy the silence. If it ever feels odd or scary or nobody's looking at you and it feels worse than South Norwood Library. No. Just remember to breathe out with that. Take up your room, let your cells expand, breathe out. And we will work in these three days with what hinders us from knowing the boundless nature of our heart. What is it that appears to get in the way? Because that's what we all deal with, right? It's not that suddenly you're supposed to be some sort of immaculate being. We deal, we work with the things that seem to be in the way. That seem to limit us from knowing it, from expressing it. And also what supports us. We will guide practices that will support us to contact these uh, this, the boundless heart and to see what's in the way what appears to be in the way and how to work with that so I think I'll just finally say um, actually that's probably enough for me for the moment I'll say a little bit more after I'll pass you over to Jaya Good evening, and first of all, very much thanks and appreciation to Catherine for having invited me to 
help her teach this weekend. Um, yeah, it's a real pleasure for me to be back at Gaia House. I came here once when I was a nun as the kind of junior sidekick to one of the sisters who was leading a retreat here, and I've been here since, both uh, helping uh, other teachers and um, as, a, as a retreatant too, and it's such a beautiful and uh, special place. And then also much appreciation to all of you for showing up here on a bank holiday weekend when there are many other things that uh, one might be doing and uh, a a lot of respect for um, your interest in being here. So I thought maybe we could just, um, I'd like to do a short visualization with you. And uh, for this, if you want to shift around a bit, have a shift around and then find a comfortable way of sitting. It's not going to be long. And as you come to sit, you might bring to mind that beautiful image of Catherine's of, I don't know, somehow being a a grumpy elephant, it doesn't do it so much for me as as, uh, I tend to be someone who's always feeling cold, so arriving in a nice warm space. But just that sense of allowing the cells of your body to go, ah, and land. And just arriving into the body, being here. And then if it feels comfortable to you, you could allow your eyes to close. And you might imagine that you're sitting beside beside a well. So bringing to the mind the image of a well might be in a clearing in the forest. It's a deep natural pool, or it might be at one of those more traditional wells. Just whatever kind of well speaks to you at this moment. And it has the quality of being a kind of wishing well. Just imagining yourself sitting peacefully beside this well. And in your hand, you're holding a pebble. (coughs) Maybe one of those kind of heavy, smooth, round pebbles that you'll find at the beach. And the pebble, you can feel, almost feel the weight of the pebble in your hand. And the pebble takes the form of a question. What brings me here? And then you take the pebble and you let it drop into the well in front of you. And you watch it slowly begin to drop down into the water and perhaps 
swaying a little from side to side and the ripples spreading out on the surface of the well. And just listening, listening for any answers that come up from the well as the pebble starts to sink and slowly settle. What brings me here? And there may be some very clear, specific answers. Or it may just stay as an open question. You're just letting whatever emerges just come into consciousness. And as you sit... as your body relaxes and the pebble continues to sink. Perhaps different strains, different, different answers start to present themselves. And all these, all these answers are good. And then the pebble slowly sinks and comes to rest on the bottom of the well. And you just feel it landing there. What brings me here? And letting that question rest and settle and be held in the depths of your heart. And allowing whatever answers will emerge and probably the answers will change and um, different things will appear over the course of the weekend. And just letting them all rest and digest. And then slowly when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back into the space in the room. So whether you had a clear answer or answers or whether there's simply just a question, I really encourage you to uh, take care of that and respect, acknowledge and respect the intention, the yearnings, the ones that are there at the surface of consciousness and the ones that are much deeper within and, and maybe we don't really have a handle on them but these things brought you here. Something spoke to you from deep inside 
Um, and that's something to trust because ultimately, in a way, it's the voice of the, the boundless heart itself that's speaking to you, that's calling you back to it. And the more we can trust that and listen into it, uh, the more the answers will start to emerge for us. So I wanted to speak a bit also about how we create a supportive space for letting this boundless heart re-emerge. And Catherine's spoken about the silence that that, uh, we hold together. It's a space in which the heart can find more uh, of the taste of freedom. And as she said, I, I used to be a nun, so I'm very into all the traditional bits and bobs. And uh, in, in the Buddhist tradition, whenever people come together to form a community of practice together, they tend to take what are known as the refuges and the precepts. And we won't do a formal ceremony about this tonight, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about what it means, the refuges and the precepts. So refuges are, um, we go for refuge and I used to do a lot of uh, walking in the Alps and in the Alps and maybe other places as well. A refuge is a place that you go to to take shelter in the high mountains from, from the weather and storms and to rest and find safety. And this is the, the idea of these Buddhist refuges. And there are three refuges, the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha. A Buddha is the historical Buddha, and actually the meaning of that word is awake. So when we say we're taking refuge in the Buddha, we're taking refuge in um, the heart that is awake and in our own capacity for awakening, and in a sense, again, in the boundless heart itself. So uh, remembering to trust that, that in you, which is... Uh, your capacity for awakening. The Dharma is the teaching of the Buddha or the natural, natural law or truth. And the truth is something that each person discovers for himself or herself experientially. And the only place we can discover this truth about the way it is is in this moment. So we're taking uh, refuge, we're trusting our experience in this moment as uh, the ground for our awakening, if you like. Sangha is community. So here we are a community for this weekend and we can support each other by our presence here. There's no need to be talking to each other to be supporting one another in this practice. You're not alone in this journey. As Catherine said, we are brothers and sisters in aging, sickness and death. And in joy as well. And Sangha is also, you could think think of it as loving presence. So loving presence with one another and loving presence with ourselves. We're here to be present with ourselves. So all these uh, refuges, we we take refuge in these things rather than in 
the normal things that we might take refuge in on a bank holiday weekend, like a nice evening at the pub or uh, our favourite movies or whatever. And then also to create a, a space of support for our, our own hearts and for, for one another. Um, there are also these things called the precepts, which uh, Thich Nhat Hanh calls mindfulness trainings, which is perhaps a more um, pal- palatable uh, way of calling them. And I've also heard them called happiness trainings or compassion trainings. And the Buddha said that when a person undertakes these trainings, what they're doing is they're not only they're protecting themselves, but they're offering infinite freedom from fear, freedom from harm and freedom from fear to an infinite number of beings. So in order to do this work of being with ourselves, it really helps to have an atmosphere of trust and safety. And by undertaking these trainings, we help to create that here. So the first precept traditionally is um, to undertake to uh, refrain from killing living creatures. And we can see this as undertaking the training to support and cherish life. So even the, the birds and the little animals around here, I, I suspect they have a sense of the safety of of Gaia House, often in retreat centres, you get a sense that the, the birds are kind of happier than elsewhere, and so on. They, they live in a, a state of fearlessness. And to hold that intention of cherishing life uh, towards one another as well. I'm not expecting anyone to go around harming other people, but uh, in the more general sense. And then the second one is to train in not taking that which is not given. So it's an inclination of the heart towards generosity rather than wanting things for oneself on a really basic level, not to uh, go around taking things off other retreatants. It's lovely when we're in a place like this where it feels safe to, uh, you know, generally not to lock your doors and all that kind of thing. And to use only what's, what's freely offered... So it's also uh, an opportunity to practice contentment with what's offered here at Gaia House and uh, you know, not to uh, go taking extra things from the kitchen or whatever. And then the third precept is around sexuality and to refrain from sexual misconduct on retreat. We generally don't engage in sexual activity of any sort. <coughs> And this is a way of respecting and supporting the, the solitude of others, the, the benign solitude that Catherine was describing, and also of conserving our own energy. You know, it's a, we're here to really um, be with and, and deepen our own our understanding of ourself rather than feed that which goes out looking for other, somebody else to complete us. So um, to, to use our energy, rather, for this uh, work of self-inquiry. And then the fourth one is uh, wise speech. And here, of course, we're practicing silence. <coughs> um, so to respect and support the silence. And then sometimes I like to think, you know, because we, okay, we're silent on the outside, but... 
there's probably a lot of chatting that goes on on the inside sometimes. And, and one can think about uh, inclining the mind towards kindness in terms of the way we speak to ourselves. Though that's something that we'll be sort of looking at a lot more over the course of the weekend. Um. And then lastly, uh, to refrain from using intoxicants. So um, no, there's no alcohol and no drugs consumed on the premises. And we can look at this as well as, as uh, choosing to take in what nourishes our body and our practice. So maybe uh, I, I have... I have had experiences on retreats of kind of snaffling a cho- my chocolate bar that's stashed in the bottom of my suitcase just before I went to bed and having a sleepless night and things like that. That's kind of, you know, um, have the intention to really do what's genuinely supportive for you physically over the course of these few days. And it will really help, help you find um, peace and um, clarity in the meditation. So another, another uh, traditional practice is that uh, often when there's an assembly of people and somebody makes a proposal that assent is offered in silence. So I'd like to suggest that rather than reciting the precepts as is sometimes done, that uh, I will just take your silence as a, as a sign of assent, that we agree that we will uh, respect these, these boundaries of conduct for the next few days. So as we've both said, the retreat is a really precious opportunity to listen very deeply to yourself and connect with yourself, connect with the heart, and to just be, which is uh, so not what we're normally doing most of the time. Um, you've, you've offered yourself this opportunity in coming here. And another support for that is generally um, sim- to simplify things, uh, one way of simplifying things, which uh, I strongly, strongly recommend, is uh, unplugging. It's a, it's a privilege to be able to unplug from your uh, computers and uh, ideally unplug from your phones as well. If you have business and things that you need to tidy up or people you need to let, where, let know where you are, this evening, maybe finish that off. And it, if it's at all possible for you, I mean, d- sometimes you have circumstances in your life where you have to be in touch. But if it's possible at all, just to have this be a weekend without, without texts, without phones, without emails. Also to uh, let go of, of reading and writing you can read and write all you like in a normal time, um, but there's, it's a real uh, opportunity to um, 
learn from direct experience rather than to look for it outside of yourself. So I'd encourage you, ask you that you refrain from reading and writing. I think the library may be out of bounds anyway. Um, And another way that uh, we can also unplug a little is to uh, allow the whole business of timekeeping there's bells and things you might want to think about removing your watch and just uh, not having to worry all the time about what time it is and what's happening next and uh, just surrender control of that And as you step into this container of simplicity, also to, to just um, let go of expectation and let go of planning and see what emerges into the space. So it's an opportunity to get out of our own way and... Uh, see what emerges from this boundless heart. So I think I've spoken for long enough. So just before we sit, I'll say a little bit about the schedule. Um, it should be up on the main notice board when you go down the ramp into that little round area with all the notice boards on. Tomorrow's schedule will be up when you leave. Um, we have a wake-up bell at 6.30. Is the, is the morning wake-up bell ringer here? Yeah, great. Um, you may have done it before, but if you haven't, don't be afraid to wake us up. <laughs> First time I did it on retreat, I was like, yeah, a little bit. So it's for, for waking us up, right? Um, and then we'll meet in here at 7 for a group sitting. Get up at 6.30, unless you're really, really tired, and move your body a little bit. Go outside, go for a walk, a brisk walk or a gentle walk, or, you know, jiggle about on the lawn or uh, wake up the body. Um, breakfast is at 7.30, and then many of you will have a work period, a work meditation at 8.15. And for those not doing that, you can walk a little bit. At 9.15, please finish the work so that you can be ready to come in here at 9.30. And that's when we'll start to unpack and give more instruction and guidance about the different qualities of the boundless heart that we will orient towards. So in the Buddhist tradition, they name four beautiful qualities. Um, and we'll begin that at 9.15 tomorrow um, with the first of the boundless qualities. And we'll spend the whole morning with different practices of sitting, of walking, some reflections, uh, with the first one of those, which is called in the tradition metta, which is translated as friendliness, uh, kindness, loving kindness. Basically, you know, when I said earlier, knowing what kind we are. We're the kind, the, the, the kind that 
is born and dies, right? And the wider we extend the circle of our kindred, of who are the same kind as, uh, as us, the wider we know the boundless heart. Right? So we include the differences and we go deeper and deeper and wider and wider with this quality of kindness. They're considered immeasurable, actually. We can keep finding, you know, all right, I'll stop there, that's enough kindness. And then we can, we can feel the call to widen, not because that makes us good, but because it's our nature, actually, to be unhindered. It, it works better for us, <laughs> seems. Um, then we'll go through to lunchtime, and we'll have a very nice uh, leisurely lunch break, two and a half hours here. For those of you who are familiar, that's longer than normal. Um, and then at three o'clock, we'll begin with a second quality and uh, check, check each of them out. They each have a different uh, flavor, a different reflection, a different orientation. Each of us will f- we may find a different affinity with different qualities, right? Some may be more available to us. Some may feel really far away at first, right? And what we practice, it's called practice. You don't have to already be completely immeasurable, right? Um, so what did I want to say about that? can't remember. Oh, that's right. So between now and after breakfast tomorrow, there'll just be a short sitting now and the one before breakfast. We're going to keep that really simple. And the main practice is going to be landing, feeling your body on the meditation cushion, which I'll guide you into. And your only practice when you sit on the cushion until we get to the 9.30 is to let your body spread out in the posture, to let your cells breathe and to know that they're breathing. So there is an aspect to this where we're training the heart-mind, right? We're orienting it, we're giving it something to center around that will help it go deeper and lead onward. We're going to start with mindfulness of the body as it breathes. Right? So your, your job is very simple. It's to show up right now, to leave yourself alone, right? to let yourselves, as much as they're able, spread out in the silence and to welcome this body to welcome this body the one that the one that we've got with its aches and its pains and its health conditions and its can do more or less of this and that and usually as we go along it can do less of this and that so I mean I I find that the one, the body, this body that we sometimes overlook, often overlook in search of either another body or a different experience or a better body or the way we can even um, be unkind to this body, judging it as not too much like this and not enough like that. 
And how would it be between now and breakfast tomorrow to sort of welcome this animal body? This is our, this is our material, right? This is our meat. This is our flesh. This is our bones. This is the, the vehicle that lets us know that we're here, right? Our mind can be everywhere. Have you ever noticed? Right? Our mind can be all over the place. But this body is here, so we gather we support, we train the attention to welcome this animal body, not overlooking it for a better one, and not cursing it for disappointing you. Letting it breathe. Kindly breathing out. Let the body breathe out. And you know it, right? You don't do it. The body just breathes out. While you're still alive, it will keep doing that. Your job is to kindly, humbly sit with it. Let it teach you something about being here. It knows. Breathing out. I am here. Breathing in. I welcome this body. Not a different one. So let the breath lead. Feel it. How your cells are affected by your breath. How your whole body (coughs) is involved actually. This whole animal. It just breathes in and you know it, welcoming this body, (coughs) breathing out. And as you breathe out, see if you can follow that breath right to the end, into the silence, as the out breath kind of plunks you back deeper into your cushion deeper onto your seat, deeper onto the earth. Can you let the out-breath keep taking you to your seat? Firmly landing. You're not somewhere else. And when your mind gets busy and distracted and something louder calls, it's okay. But at some point you'll notice that. Breathe out, let the shoulders drop. I am here. 
even if my mind's having the argument with the boss at work, or all the things I haven't finished in my life yet. Yeah, it picked that up, but when you see it, you go, oh, take your hands off that thing that calls louder, not judging yourself for that, just take your hands off it. Let the shoulders drop. Let the out-breath take you here. It doesn't call so loud, but we can get a taste for listening to something that leads onward, that doesn't just spin the familiar. Calls us into the silence. And every time we take our hands off that unfinished project, that regret, that hope, that planning, every time you take your hands off kindly, we're training, we're reminding ourselves actually. I've come to discover something here that I don't know yet. And if we want to discover something new, we have to risk a little bit doing something different. Breathing out. The thighs might melt a little bit on the out-breath. The flesh of your buttocks might soften a little bit at the end of the out-breath. Letting the body lead with its breathing. 
and your mind can follow. The body breathes out and you're there, close by, intimate. And if you're spinning a story in your mind, no need to judge that, but breathe out, let the shoulders drop, let the flesh in your forearms, around the bones in your forearms, let it melt, widen, fingers soften. I am here.
Just the last couple of minutes. Breathing out, are you willing to begin again? Body leads. Breath is felt and known. Might be warm or cool or it might be tight or soft or loose. It's okay. Doesn't have to be another way. And if it feels helpful, from time to time you can have a very soft mental note as the body breathes out very quietly, like 5% of the attention, just saying, I am here. And then the body breathes in. And a quiet note, welcoming this body. Out breath, I am here. Breathing in and welcoming this body. Even if the mind is kicking and screaming, it will start to rest when we can let our body arrive. Then the mind can start to rest when it knows there's a platform here to rest in.
May all beings be safe and protected. May all beings rest deeply on the earth. May all beings know peace. Are there any questions of a practical nature at this point about settling in um, to the retreat? Please do ask. Um, Good advice for the beginning is to unpack your suitcase. If you're a hoverer, it's like... uh, some of us, we have different styles of arrival, right? Some of us, I won't unpack my suitcase. I'll check out and see if they're okay or not. But really unpack. So you let yourself land. It's like you do the things that let your body and mind know, oh, actually, I'm here. So we can really stand behind ourselves. If you haven't been outside yet, take, a, take in the night air. Feel yourself on this land, on this place. It's dedicated to exactly this work. Um, have a hot drink, if you wish. Um, anything else, do you think? Okay. So I wish you a good night's sleep. Um, yeah. I wish you a good night's sleep. There's earplugs you can purchase if you need them in the little shop just in front of the front door. Is it still there? Is it there? Yeah, if you need earplugs. Um, But apart from that, see if you can, from time to time, remember or stay with this intention that the body, welcoming this body, welcoming this animal, like you've got this incredible pet here this weekend with you, this incredible creature, which we just forget that, don't we? I mean, when you see a new baby born, you know it's an incredible creature. And often we might remember that at the time of death. Sometimes in between, we forget. So here's this incredible creature when it breathes out tonight, if you remember, oh yeah, I'm here. I'm not at tomorrow and I'm not last week. Or When it breathes in, welcoming this body, making that intention. See if you remember that a couple of times and we'll pick up the thread tomorrow and see you then.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.